the College Planning Edge. Multiply your odds of getting into your dream college and get your hands on thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships. Brought to you by Lockwood College Prep, helping college-bound families get the edge in college admissions, financial aid, scholarships, and test prep. Hi, it's Andy Lockwood, and this episode is a replay of the live webinar that Pearl and I did. I mean, sorry, Madam Pearl and I, soothsaying Andy, did to uh, make predictions about what's in store for 2020 in terms of college-bound families. So we talked about the future of the SAT and the ACT. We talked about admissions rates uh, what we predict about them and college costs and college discounting and a whole lot more fun stuff. So I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you have any questions at all or you are interested in um, possibly talking about our services, our website is LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye. It's hard to see if we're coming on live or not. I think, I think we're live. Uh, what do you say? I see that we're alive. I think we're alive. It's That's a little hazy. Let me ask. Are we going to humiliate ourselves for the fifth consecutive year with our predictions webinar? And costumes. Oh. It says, I am a jackass. Okay. Oh, my God. Well. Then? <laughs> yes, welcome. Welcome from... Madam Pearl and Soothsaying Andy, welcome to tonight's webinar. We're going to be peering into the shrouded mysteries of what's in store for us in 2020. If you have a kid who is graduating college, I guess this year or uh, junior, 2021 in particular, or 2022, there's just a lot of stuff that I think we need to be uh, talking about. Good stuff, bad stuff. Uh, we had a very active year, to say the least, in college stuff. <clears throat> Felicity, do you have any Ricky Gervais jokes? No. I actually have not heard the full monologue just yet, but I heard it was good. bits. It yeah, sounded he's, great. He's great. Very, he's kept he, it real, I hear. He, al he always delivers. Great. So, so anyway, um, let us know that you can hear us and uh, see us fine. I see a lot of people coming on, so just announce yourselves in chat. Uh, it's always cool to know what part of the country you're dialing in from, although we know that because we're psychic. Um, and that Stephen Wright joke about those psychic hotlines. I mean, you've been busy running your psychic hotlines and filing FAFSA. Yes. Uh, you know that Stephen Wright joke where if they were so psychic, how come they don't call you? That's right. It's funny, right? Not so psychic. So, uh, all right, cool. Leona, where are you from? Kathy from Seattle. Aaron from NJ. Leona from Boston. It's my, yeah. my stopping grounds. Still getting over the paths. Um, Pam from Connecticut. Gina, Rockland County. Good. Uh, Gary from Nassau. Stuart from Syracuse. Teresa from Westchester. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Yeah, I see a lot of people coming on here. We had a, uh, a lot of people registered probably to see us embarrass ourselves in the costumes. Um, I have to say that this hat freaking hurts Aww. every year. It's like I'm, I don't think my head's getting bigger. Uh, Your head's getting maybe, bigger, maybe definitely. Put, maybe I'm getting some forehead fat, but it's, no. it feels tighter than it has been in years past. Are you? You're looking for that? Yes, you can take it off now. 
I'm not going to take it off for okay. at least another three it's minutes. It's going to tough it out, folks. Yeah. So, okay. So it looks like, um, oh, Marina from Rio de Janeiro. Nice. Jonah from Stony Brook. Wade from Baltimore. Nice sample. Hello to Shama, South Orange. Okay, cool. Ready to get going? Let's hit Seems it. like we're coming in loud and clear, so that's always good. All right. Um, I think I need to move you a little closer to me just because you're a little, yeah, good. There's more of you now. Good. Um, all right, so you want to start with the uh, political <clears throat> election stuff or the college stuff? Well, both pretty spicy these days. <laughs> yeah. Um, good. Well, why don't we launch into the college stuff because that, that's our, uh, our expertise and, you know, what says credibility more so than this. Costumes. Yeah. So, um, do you want to go first with your predictions? How many do you actually have? Um, I have a, a few, a handful of peppering. Some may say. Not, you're not good with numbers, which is ironic for a financially informed mm -hmm. person. It is. Isn't it ironic? Well, I think there's a lot of gray in some of these. There's, there's some. You can't count. What's the gray? No, I, How I many do you have? I just want to try to figure this out. We clearly didn't spend a lot of time preparing for this. I have the recommended three to five, as we talked about. Seems like a lot more. Don't okay. Speak. Well, I have um, I have seven, but I think there, there might be some some uh, spinoff predictions coming. Perhaps. Knowing knowing you. Yeah. So all right, why don't um, why don't we get right in here? Uh, Pearl is a financial aid forms prep expert. I am uh, more of a college you know advising guy, coaching kids and all that. Our predictions are going to be about both and other related things. Uh, and why don't you go first? You have the honor. Oh well, thank you. Okay. Well, as um, some may may some of you may have known, there has been an increasing, rather a declining enrollment in schools year after year. So, what does that mean? It means that schools need to try harder to go after, oddly, you know, fewer fewer people to fill its spots, and then of course pay for it. So, do you have a goddamn prediction? I predict that there are going that schools are going to offer a variety of programs that suit many budgets so that they can attract more customers so that they can fill seats in some way it's sort of like when somebody uses a space let's say that they use only as a yoga studio and maybe they decide in the morning to rent it to a day daycare. You know, for example, you 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 whack up your space so that you can get the most return on your investment. I think colleges are starting to think that way because of the declining enrollment. They are offering more part-time things, more niche programs, so that they can get the working student involved in some kind of degree that will be useful. That I don't want to bleed over into my next prediction, but. Hmm. Well, I think that's a good prediction. Uh, not that you asked me, but I do think that's good. It's kind of like how these um, elite colleges will um, send out invitations to kids who do pretty well on the uh, on their standardized tests and say, hey, what should you do? You should go to our summer school. Just the same way that our daughter Lizzie was solicited by Harvard Summer School, and someone on this broadcast got really super excited, and someone was a little cynical and mocking. You decide. You don't have who to bear who. your soul now. <laughs> okay, it's so funny. You were like, "Oh my god!" It's so, I'm like, 
Really? Look, I was in traffic. I shouldn't have even looked at my phone, honestly, folks. Continue. Yeah. So, um, same way that that's that. I that, fell prey. I know. For a moment, point, I did. Because I it, too fell prey. Which <laughs> is so funny. Well, you know, listen, it's, it's, uh, it's not it's not by accident because you know the logo is right there. It's right and there. It says Harvard yeah. Summer School. Right. Um, but they are looking for other ways to um, make use of their assets, meaning their their name and their empty seats over the summer. Right. But uh, for anyone's wondering, that does not help you get Right. Harder. I was going to say that raises a question that I'm sure some of you may have. Does do going to some of these paid for programs in the summer that these schools offer, are, the is that no. a leg up? The answer is no. Well, okay. So, Full deal. Some of us out there may not know. Yes. No, the answer, no, we get that question all the time. Great. Okay. Don't waste your money if that's not what you want to do in and of itself. Okay, so let me give my, um, we'll switch off. I'll sure. give my prediction, which uh, may seem at first a little, little counter to what you're saying. I'm, I am predicting that admissions rates are going to continue to drop. That's like, you know, it's not exactly going out on a, on a big limb, a uh, long limb here. Um, but um, even though enrollment is uh, slightly declining and continues to do so, there are actually more applications, plural, going in, thanks to the common application and thanks to recruitment of international students. Those are the two main drivers of that. So there may be um, fewer kids attending, you know, graduating high school and attending college, but there are more applications going in and therefore, uh, and, and more kids applying to more schools per child. So that has the effect on driving admissions rates down, which is why you see Harvard and Stanford, you know, sub 5%, and a bunch of other schools that were, you know, 30% maybe uh, 15 years ago are now like 10%. So there's a lot more stress out there, and there's a lot more, you know, denial letters and deferments uh, happening, and that's largely due to what I just described. Um, it's, all, it's all been catalyzed by the use of the common application. The common application is accepted by something like 800 colleges, and more and more schools accepted each year. And if you fill out the common application, that allows you with one click of the button to shoot out your application to you know 25 schools. So that that's happening also. Your turn, Madam Pearl. Oh, thank you. Unless you have a comment. Uh, well, I think that although, well, I do agree that it is going to continue to be very expensive. And the question of affordability is always going to be questioned. And I think as a result, and as consumers are I'm being sorry. applied for. Is this a comment or is this your new prediction? Oh, this is my new prediction. Okay. Sorry, I didn't have a comment. Okay. I don't have a comment. So, okay, I'm, I'm sure I didn't mean to be rude, but I wasn't I'm sure we, gotta, you know, we have a strict show flow here. Okay, I'm, okay, I'm so sorry. Prediction number two, there I is going to be a continued questioning of the value mm. that uh, a student stands to get. What is what is their return on investment? What does that really look like uh, in the college world? Well, isn't it, it funny when um, you and I talk about this stuff over and over again, and we think we have these clients who talk about this stuff, mm -hmm. and then we come across people who actually are our clients, and they seem not to be doing this at all. Questioning these things? Yeah, isn't that well, odd to you? Okay, so I, mean, I think we are habitually programmed to think, you know, we want these things and blindly go into applying and to the same, you know, we're window sticker schools and we're programmed to like certain schools and know about them all together in the first place. Um, 
Yes. However, as the price keeps jacking up and the affordability and the question of value as we have a changing economy, changing workforce, uh, the question of what does this big investment going to bring me? And what does that mean? With colleges, it means are these students, when they come out in hopefully four years, workforce ready? And what does that mean? And how schools are being held accountable, I predict, uh, for having students that are workforce ready when they come out with their degree. And what does that mean? It means there are going to be increased programs fostering entrepreneurship. And there are going to be connections between colleges and places that can provide these internships and maybe entry-level opportunities for their students. And of course, uh, keeping a pulse on what skills are really necessary for this next and, and now economy. I think um, that's a big deal because a, a, lot, a lot of these um, liberal arts schools have been um, called uh, onto the mat for exactly not doing that, meaning um, there's a big question about the value of a liberal arts degree. And it's kind of interesting because um, you, you were saying before uh, that a lot of colleges are going to start are going to continue to offer um, interesting majors to attract people to um, to come, but the the main question is um, why do they have to do that? Like some of these new funky majors, uh, you won't you won't see them at the more established schools because they don't have to do that to uh, to bring kids in. So um, that's one reaction in terms of trying to you know just uh, to to attract kids. But I think um, I remember when we were touring um, for our oldest son, one of the liberal arts schools went out of its way to point out, and this is like going back maybe three, four years at this yeah. point, uh, went out of their way to point out the proximity of the Career Services Center, yeah. um, how you know their the job placement and stuff, and we're seeing more and more of that. So that's a good sign, I think. I mean, there's I'm sort of split in my opinion about it because on one hand, I don't think the college should be a trade school, right. but on the other hand. You're going to be spending $75,000 a year. You better get something out of it other than a job at um, Chipotle. And something that can start paying that lump back in many cases. Well, that's what, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. I'm going to adjust the brightness okay. on your thing, Please. unless you can do that. Probably can try. So you won't look as Dracula. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so that's a, that's a good one, too. I agree. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I am going to issue my second prediction, which is another bold one. College costs are going to continue to go up. Um, however, wow. however, the reasons for them going up are less important than what I also think is going to continue uh, increasing, which are the discounting. And that all ties into what Pearl was saying before and what we say throughout the colleges are businesses. They compete with each other. They need to offer um, incentives to uh, to get kids to to get families to come and um, and that ties into my next prediction which I'll do Take after, it away. after. No, no, I'll do after. no 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 you're the madam um, that uh, I think that I think this is going we're, we're entering into a new ban hopefully a new banner phase of negotiating that's my which I'll talk about next I predict I'll talk about that after you talk about your prediction well it's not really a prediction you just told us you're going to do that there's a fine line between telling you what I'm doing and predicting what I'm going to do. Don't, don't, don't take away from the from my art. 
Why does Pearl always emasculate me on the air? Oh, you're a jackass. Okay, well, this is just a prediction of <clears throat> uh, the climate that is going to be, uh, that your kids are going to be introduced to when they go to college. Um, Snowy, nowadays, rainy, humid. Yeah, depends on. Is that what you mean by climate? No. Oh. I mean, it is that, you know, nowadays people are very polarized. Politics is very spicy. What? People are very vocal. And as a result, you know, in more recent years, and, and this year is an upcoming it's an election year. So we are heard about that. <laughs> we are approaching, you know, in eleven months, uh, a new election, and I don't know if you've noticed the last few elections. It gets a little crazy. Um, and what's your prediction, you know, Pearl? My prediction is there's going Land to be the lots of uh, demonstrations and protests and polarized potential violence um, on college campuses that uh, students and families need to be aware of and need to be vigilant about. And um, I just think that schools are getting much more polarized and um, that's something that's a reality that families need to face if they have kids that are going to be going to college in the next few years. Okay, that is a good prediction and that's actually forcing me to call an audible and move from my prediction three to my prediction He did that. Six. Wow. We call that nimble. Yep. Which is also um, relevant. And I am going to predict. I'll get to my negotiation stuff later. So, see, that is unpredictable. So, you can suck it. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, suck it, I shall. Please. So, family. Sorry. All right. So, um, I predict that 93% of all professors in college will vote against Trump. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks. How come up with that? Well, because I read somewhere um, oh. a couple years ago that 93%, I think it was 93%, of all college professors vote democratic. And which and the, and the point of, I think what you're saying, um, one of the related points of what you're saying and the point that I'm making is, it's my favorite part nice of webinar, yeah, is, is that, um, that you know, these, these colleges are supposed to be, in theory, they were founded to be areas for you to engage in academic, exactly. freewheeling, First Amendment, you know, discussion Discourse. about everything. Yeah. Yep. And um, I don't think anyone. Safe place. I don't, I don't think anyone thinks that that's what happens anymore. Yeah. And so, so the challenge is if and you, you were actually saying this about our oldest son, who who was mm -hmm. writing a paper mm -hmm. right um, yes. a few weeks ago, and he he's definitely not one of these like ultra conservative, you know, not young, young Republican just, white no, supremacist kids. But he said that he was he had to purposely spin it. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Please. Please. Oh. Please. 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 Go ahead. Go ahead. Always. What did Jack say? Why are you always interrupting me, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> then what did he say? <laughs> no, he said that he felt <clears throat> that he purposely, and at least he understands and has an awareness, thankfully, that maybe to appeal <laughs> to the teacher, um, finally. Whole <laughs> yeah. other and issue. He, right. Uh, and he's thinking about that. So to appeal to the teacher, he needed to make Irrespective, you know, irrespective of what his opinions and, and feelings were, that that was irrelevant. He actually needed to sort of show some advocacy um, in a liberal way in his work. 
for college. So in other words, he had to shelve his personal beliefs and suck up on paper to make sure that he was graded well because he's afraid of if he expresses true beliefs, which I think in general are pretty balanced. I mean, he's uh, you know he's I all agree. over the place. He's really mixed. But he, yeah. he understood, I guess, using his emotional intelligence skills, which um, are rare, <laughs> rare sightings, like an ex extinct dinosaur yeah, around here, to be, to be able to um, angle his uh, and suck up so that he would hopefully get a better grade. Finally. So, so, but anyway, uh, more along the line of what you're saying about protests and all that. So if you have a child who is not particularly, mm -hmm. you know, um, aggressive in, in terms of uh, left, you know, liberal types of beliefs, and, and he or she's going to a, a college during an election year, um, I remember, um, who was it? It was Dina, a client of ours in Garden City, whose daughter um, is an athlete at an Ivy League school, um, which I won't name, but it's in Cambridge, Massachusetts, and it's the oldest uh, college in the country. Um, and she got there during the initial um, election, 2016, mm -hmm. and um, I, I didn't get the impression that she was like a you know raving conservative or anything like that. But she was taken aback by just how much um, the, the intensity, how much right. intensity there was, and that was hard and for her. I don't think she would have to repress altogether. Right? Yeah, and when you're learning and whatever your opinion is, if you feel inhibited right. to speak your mind freely because you're going to be harassed in some way or worse, you know, the subject of violence or, or anything, a target in some way. Um, it, the fact that you have to stop and think about it instead of learning and learning. And part of learning is being able to ask questions and talk about things. And if you can't do that or you're inhibited to do so, it, is, it could potentially interfere yep. with your learning. Yeah, just the same way when I start to say stuff, people jump down my throat in the house and I feel like there's a chilling effect on me that can happen in college too. But it's not supposed to happen in college. That only happens when you're married. What's your next prediction? That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure you're paying attention. Huh. Next? <laughs> After you. My list is there. Well, well I, I just I just okay, fine. All right, so let me get back okay, to the on. to the um discounting. You're on a roll. Let me, let me get back to the um, circling back to what I was going to say about discounting. So I think that, I think this is going to be a banner year and the next few years at least are going to be great for um, just discounting, meaning negotiating discounts. That's, that's how I should have said it. Um, so what, what, what I'm referring to is that uh, this was not covered really at all by um, normal media outlets, right wing or left wing, which is just in the geeky stuff that I read about the college business. And, um, so, so there's a trade group of colleges. Every college that you've probably heard of is in it. And they were being investigated by the um, Department of Justice for, wait for it, collusion. Um, specifically, having to do with anti-competitive practices, for example, um, uh, colleges have this, you know, this, it's codified, but it's like a written gentleman's agreement that if anyone is applying early decision, if they're offering early decision, they can't include extra spiffs or incentives like we'll give you free dorm or we'll give you a special scholarship if you apply early decision. Colleges voluntarily have not been doing that. Another one was um, after May 1st, that when kids come in and send in the housing deposits, colleges voluntarily agreed to stop their marketing efforts to try to entice kids after they had committed, again, written gentlemen's agreement. 
those things are now off the table. Gloves they, came off. They they year, they huh? were well. They they in order to um, I guess prevent further investigation or, or at least soften the Department of Justice investigation. Mm -hmm. College Trade Group voluntarily um, pulled away those restrictions and a couple of other things. So what I'm getting at is that's, that's a good thing for for we the consumer who have kids going to college because now there'll be more competition. So I don't know if that's going to happen now in you know January through the rest of 2020. I think it will, but I'm hoping that the increased competition is going to make it better for um, for, for bargaining. Okay. That's my hope. Do you have anything else, or should I bring in my next guest? <laughs> Let's go with your next guest since it looks like you're prop ready. Okay. I predict I'm going to jail. She's definitely going to jail. Yeah. Question is how long? And who else is she bringing down with her? Yeah. That was just a bonus prediction. Thanks. Yeah. I think everybody else could have helped us with that one. <laughs> well, I, I, um, no, I, I, do, I do think that um, there will be some more people caught up in it. Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually hopeful. The question is, yeah. will the... Will the colleges maintain their cleanliness in all of this? Let's mm. say you, Swami. Yes, it's starting to lose circulation. This thing, <laughs> this thing, this, this thing is killing me. Um, I, I don't. Yeah, it's definitely not going away. I, th I think there's going to be more stories coming out. Um, personally, I think I told you this, you know, a few months ago. I'm a little nervous about us because I was, I was um, brought in. Um, to, to um, be interviewed and not by the Justice Department and, not, um, and hopefully no one's wearing a wire here. Um, the guy who did the um, a famous documentary is, oh, yeah. is doing another one about the college stuff. And um, you, may, you probably don't know the guy's name, but you've seen stuff that he's, uh, that he's done. So he interviewed me for like a couple hours and I thought it went great. And then, um, then I came back and, and told you, I was, I was in the city and you're like, What's it gonna like? You know, rip apart our business? Is it like a hit job? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh crap. <laughs> so I don't know. Then what are we gonna yeah, do? Yeah, exactly. So I don't know when that's coming out, but but uh, of course I'll announce it, even if it's well, maybe I won't so announce it. So we may it. need to be reaching out to you all for a job, perhaps. <laughs> no, definitely not. Okay. Yeah, um, uh, I'm actually trying to hire Rick Singer uh, to to work for us. I think he's looking for. Is he looking for some action? Yeah, exactly. So, um, but I do, I do think there's gonna be more. You know, there's definitely. There's a more there's a longer tail, I think, than um than and, then, and then really the next question is, okay, so this was pretty egregious. What else is kind of repugnant in this same vein in terms of college admissions? And will there be a greater scrutiny on all kinds of I don't know. I'll put it under the umbrella of shenanigans, but sometimes, you know, the malarkey? outside malarkey, they say. Uh, sometimes creepy, the outside testing joke. and okay, if I pay, you know, I'll pay you X amount of dollars. Malarkey. Who am I? Malarkey. No, no. Joe it's Biden. Creepy. Oh, right. Here's the, like, the, creepy. the, oh, the malarkey tour. All right. Well, the no malarkey tour. Don't you remember you pointed that out to me? You're like, who even uses that word? The word anymore? malarkey. I, I know. I was, I mean, honestly, you're saying the word malarkey. I'm thinking Richie Cunningham. <laughs> right. Happy days. Right. Okay. But that's probably, um, he's probably appealing to people who were young back then. In the happy days era, right? So, okay. So, speaking of scrutiny, I uh, my prediction here, um, prediction number five. Um, even though I skipped four, uh, skipped four, but we did the bonus. Okay, no one's counting really. They just uh, want to hear the info. <laughs> well, it's nice of you to speak for everyone. 
Um, so but if you have any predictions, if you have any predictions, lob them in in chat. Uh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, so um, okay. I think uh, I actually I've already witnessed this, so I have a leg up on this prediction hmm. that there will be more scrutiny of college applicants and of college financial aid applicants. So I actually had a conversation today, which I which I think is um, uh, excuse me, appropriate. <clears throat> the cape is okay. Hat, feel it like maybe we can uh, loosen it up next, it's, it's for like, next year. How do you loosen it up? I don't want to invest uh, in a new. Um, I, I what do you call this thing? It is a turban. This is a turban. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were wearing a turban. I think we're both wearing turbans. Yours yeah. just is more. Yours is more adorned than mine. Well, I'm sure. I'm sure <laughs> well, I feel like your puffiness is like something to do with thinking. Isn't that what like Johnny My Carson? Physical, wore? physical. It has I don't puffiness. Know. My body shape. I think you are the soothsayer with that. Karnak? I don't think I'm anything except for just somebody who wears. Am I more of Karnak or Zoltan? Zoltan. From? From Big. Nice. You're welcome. And the Geico commercial. Great. So, more scrutiny for um, kids on their applications. Yeah. I saw, uh, I had two kids last year, students I worked with, who were called into their. Um, uh, offices at the, the administrative offices at their respective high schools to discuss quote unquote discrepancies, even though they'd already been admitted to their um, top choice schools. One was an Ivy, one was an Ivy like college, and um, ultimately nothing came of it. But it was a hassle for several weeks and maybe even longer. Um, I think this year, somehow, some way, whether it's from the guidance counselors or whether it's from admissions officers, um, there's going to be more, a more skeptical eye cast at um you know 15 people from the same high school who founded the robotics team uh things <clears> like that so i'm hoping and i don't know how they're going to do it but i'm hoping that guidance counselors are going to be encouraged to kind of certify or at least review the activities that kids put down when you fill out a college application you're putting down the, not only the actual activity the description which needs to be accurate. It can be, you know, we always try to punch it up so it's more, so it's more impressive Sound sounding. Ball. But there's a difference between polish and fiction. So, so that's <laughs> one thing. But then there's also the number of hours per week and the number of weeks per year that that also gets disclosed in the activity section. So I am um, so sorry. I am hoping. That's yeah, not like we use the camera too much. <laughs> I, I was predicting before we got on the air, and she put her she put her <laughs> cup of tea down there to get to the tea leaves, obviously. Um, exactly. and, and, her, and, her, and your phone in the corner. Yeah. I said, I have a prediction about those because, <laughs> but I didn't want to make it because um, Pearl has a tendency to kind of shift around and move her hands a lot. And, hands. and last time we were out a couple of weeks ago with um, our friend uh, Jimmy and Di, who I don't think are on here tonight, um, you managed to dump two glasses of Not wine. One, but <laughs> yeah, right. one at the bar, one at the table, talking about the same thing the cheese, the cheese, the cheese thing. Yeah, we, we went. We, yeah. we oh, went look. somewhere that had like a tire wheel size of Parmesan cheese. Do you know the cookies? In, in here? which I do. This is about to be the disaster. In, there we go. In which Cookie, my son's dog, puppy, is now in here creating havoc under here. Jack, can you get Cookie out of here? Anyway, so just wheel of Parmesan. Yeah, she's she's <laughs> it's terrible. Describing the wheel yeah. of Parmesan cheese yeah. using my hands. Yeah. 
to describe how they make their pasta that way. They're fettuccine alfredo, which is incredible, by the way. Anyway, <laughs> okay. and that's probably what I was, was saying. Restaurant? Knocked was over. It um, you, New this York? one it was in uh, Mayola, something. Mayola. It was in. Um, she jumping on you? Yeah. So funny. She on the air. Oh, it's so funny. Such a camera hug. It was in uh, Long Island City. So anyway, um, be prepared to, you know, I, I don't, see, <clears throat> up until last year, and I don't know if it's going to change this year, but guidance counselors actually never saw applications unless you voluntarily share with them. They would upload their information that they were, your information that they were uh, required to into Naviance for the most part, and Naviance would then be connected to the um, to the common application. Okay. Um, <laughs> bye. So funny. All right. Uh, she's such a puppy. All right, go away. Jack. Go ahead. So, and so response. I actually said to him specifically, Jack, we're doing a webinar in, in 20 minutes. So, yeah, okay. Our college age son. Yeah. The, kid, the guy who wrote the, the paper. The one who's super yeah. you know, responsive yeah. now. Yeah. We're saying that. Never mind. Um, <laughs> right. Two so, steps forward, three steps back, <laughs> something like that. Uh, oh, hi. Yeah. We're doing a live webinar. Look easier yeah. with us. She's yes. made a camera appearance. She's been knocking the camera. Good call. Yeah. Very yeah, very obedient. She's so well trained. She's been giving us gifts on the floor. Um, anyway, so now I think uh, I'm hopeful that there's going to be a little bit more oversight, and I predict there will be more oversight, if not at the guidance counselor level, but probably at the um, college admissions officer level. There's, I've, I've been hearing about all these meetings and oversight and brainstorming things that are you know happening college admissions committees uh, you know in the off season which you know to me just sounds like a bunch of meetings that have meetings but you know who knows the administrative BS I don't know okay so that's one thing. and then in terms of the financial aid scrutiny I think there's gonna be more so let me let me learn you let me spin you a tale a little bit I mean you, you know the client because you prepare all the financial aid forms mm -hmm. um, but their daughter got an early decision to an elite not Ivy but almost Ivy caliber um, Northeast liberal arts school which again, um, I'm not going to name, <laughs> but, but it's in um, Chestnut Hill, Massachusetts, and Doug Flutie went there. So um, they applied early decision, and the kid got a really crappy award. And um, they're like, okay, we did the net price calculator before we applied, and we ca it came back with a much higher prediction on um, what we should receive. And they went back and forth with financial aid a little bit, and it, and it turns out they actually were told by the financial aid office, I don't think I told you this, that because um, he's self-employed, he's got a business with a lot of um, losses, they said, well, you're self-employed, uh, we think you could be hiding money. Literally said that to him. Wow. And um, the reality is he, he was a Wall Street guy. He um, ended up leaving, you know, uh, financial stuff and he bought a franchise um, in the in recent history and uh, it's just not been going so well and he, and he plunked in a lot of his own money several hundred thousand dollars to um, initially to buy the franchise and then um, some more to keep it afloat and his wages are pretty low so I, I feel and I've, I've seen this before probably a couple times a year I feel like what they're trying to the financial office is trying to get him and us to do 
is to prove a negative, to prove the absence of income, which is really mm. a bizarre thing to do. How do you prove there's no there? there? Sounds very like proving yourself innocent when you've been. <laughs> yeah, the burdens on him. So I was on the phone with his um, his accountant today, and uh, you know, and try to get him to, to you know write a letter saying, listen, I've been his accountant for a couple of years. This is what happened. He's taking deductions that are normal and customary. He's not hiding any money. He's living off his savings, you know, that type of thing. So I'm cautiously optimistic that they're going to see, you know, the uh, the error of their ways. But the people in the financial aid office, in general, they're not accountants, they're not CPAs, they're not investment bankers, they're not business people. They don't really know how to read a profit and loss statement. If they were looking at his corporate return, did, did they? Get the corporate return also when you when you submit them depends to Boston on the, College. Depends on the Boston school. Oh, uh, yeah, they want. I mean, the school just yes, they want, some schools don't, right? <clears throat> right. Oh, many schools don't. BC wants the okay. So if they knew returns. if they got them and they knew how to read them, it'd be obvious. So right. So they got them, but they don't know how to read them. Right. Okay. So um, so it's incumbent upon you know you if you're in this situation or you're working with us on us to help you you know, fight this battle. Mm -hmm. So I think there's going to be more of that type of stuff, more scrutiny. I think there's going to be um, more of a, you know, a, a strictness and a close read of financial aid applications where um, the income appears to be too low perhaps, or um, sometimes they scrutiny, scrutiny <clears throat> in terms of, uh, well, we see that you generated a bunch of um, interest mm -hmm. or dividend income, but we don't see the assets that um, corresponded to that. So, Where'd that come from? That that type of thing. So I think there's gonna be more of that. What do you think, bro? I think you're right. No, I think you're right. We're actually seeing the trend of schools having, you know, even niching into having their own special financial aid forms that they're they're making themselves. Like Fordham this year has now, you know, their business value form and their parent business asset form, you know, things that didn't exist before that are specific to that school, other schools as well developing. Maybe maybe they're trying to really not only get a sense of your finances, but get a sense of how interested are you that you're gonna go through all these hoops to express sure. your interest in our school because they're I've noticed a continued kind of niching into specialties and other requirements and just Away from it just, just being one shops. way, a little, yeah. For financial, yeah. Financial aid applications, yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right, see some good questions coming in here. Um, Diana and Leslie, who's a big Pearl fan, she especially likes when Pearl is with us. So do I. Behind oh, the scenes, it is crazy. it is so hard to get her to do these things. And I always say, Pearl, it's so much better when you were here. Thank you. Yeah. Very sweet. I'm glad. I'm and here. then what do you say? It depends what hour of the day it is. Okay, it's really it's, us, it's usually more like oh I don't want to I don't want to wear a bra. Come on, Next. ladies, <laughs> show me some love. <laughs> okay, and support. All right, fine. Come so um, we're gonna be wrapping up pretty okay. soon because Pearl's tired. It's almost uh, bedtime. So um, so lob in your questions, um, and I have one more I guess prediction I want to I want to talk about, and there's and there's one that was just brought up by um, by Diana here. Um, okay, so I have a prediction about um, the growth or the changes of test optional status. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> there are, I think, way more than a thousand schools now that are that are test optional. Um, the reason that they usually give is to make um, uh, make college more accessible for. 
uh, low-income families who can't afford to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for, um, for test prep and take the SAT or the ACT like 17 times each. Yeah. Right. Um, in reality, what has happened is that um, college has not necessarily become more accessible to people who have lower scores, um, maybe may possibly slightly, but statistically not significant. However, the sort of unintended Freakonomics um, effect has been that a lot of um, kids who are from upper middle class, mass affluent families who kind of sucked at the SAT or the ACTs, which I'm going to explain my theory on that, um, are able to get into and desirable to, for these, um, you know, kind of preppy, snooty, uh, small New England, you know, private colleges. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not going to name names for that because that that's definitely offensive. I'm not trying to be offensive. Um, mm -hmm. I don't have to try. But, but um, uh, so the so this unintended effect has been to allow kids with crappy SAT and ACT scores to get in where they normally wouldn't be able to get in. Um, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. He was in, he was in the office. Uh, we had a client last year who's was a recruited athlete to a New England liberal arts college, and um, he was getting a certain amount of money um, for for merit, not athletic money. And the coach said to him, "Hey, listen, um, if you apply." Without submitting your scores, I can get you an extra seven thousand dollars a year. So, so these schools will play games mm. in order to bend over backwards yeah. to attract math affluent, you know, six-figure earning families. Um, so, I don't think this, these standardized tests are going away. Uh, I know that in California right now, in the California system, there is a, um, sort of a, I don't know if it's a debate or a, a, a um, some kind of referendum or something to abandon to, to make all the UCs test optional. Um, there's also uh, yeah. also um, a movement right. to um, to replace the SAT or the ACT with something that's not necessarily as uh, as biased, uh, apparently toward high income families, although I don't know what would be, but apparently there are other things out there. Um, one of the reasons that I, I think they're never going away is really because it's very hard for admissions officers to figure out who's qualified to do the work at a certain school because there's because grade inflation is yeah. rampant. We've talked about that many times. Um, it's, it's very unusual for teacher recommendations to be anything other than glowing and effusive. So the standardized tests are definitely not perfect, but they're, they're the last, um, I think, one of the last bastions of impartiality. Sometimes parents come to us and like, I can't understand uh, why her, her scores are so low. I mean, she gets 96s in college, in, in, uh, in high school, or 93s, but she, you know, she can't crack 25 in the ACT. I'm always, I admit, I'm always thinking to myself, that's because of the grade inflation. Grade inflation. She has artery, you know, high, because there's no season anymore. And test anxiety is another okay, suspect. And anxiety in general. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of anxiety out there. So, there so, is. Yeah. So, um, is. yeah. No comment on that, um, but anyway, so I, th I think there will be there'll be more changes. Um, the, the recent change to the ACT in terms of being able to take one section at a time after you take them the whole thing. Number one, I think that's done to get more you know people to take the ACT. Yeah. Uh, number two, I think it's a way to combat anxiety, maybe a little bit. Yeah. But but number three, it's it's sort of a you know reverting to the the lowest common yeah. denominator. You know, it's it's sure it's, it's saying hey, you know, take your test any way you want. Right. You know, it's, it's up to you. Just like, you know, your job was, hey, come 9, 9.30, 10, whatever works for you. Yeah. Because that's how the world is, right? 
Well, um, in some offices, it is. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. Our, our friend and as client, as Pam, stay, if, was you, just telling me. Yeah. You come at 10, you stay till 6. That's okay. Well, Flexible yeah. is the way it is these days. Flexible and free um, coffees and foosball and <laughs> um, other amenities. Yeah. That's very big, too. So, okay. So, that was that's my prediction on the um, – I, I don't think – the SAT or ACT are going away anytime yeah. soon. There's too much money involved mm -hmm. with them for the nonprofit college board and the nonprofit ACT board or ACT company, whatever they're called. Um, so that I don't think they're going away, but I think they're going to continue to change to ser serve the needs of what they, what they perceive to be the needs of the students, i.e. their customers and the colleges. Yeah. All right. Um, I have... Let me do this. I'm going to, um, if anyone wants to talk to us one-on-one, -on -one, costumes not included, um, you can you can do so by booking, um, this is for, for new people. If you're already a client of ours or we've already spoken, um, you know, not, there's, there's no freebie. But for anyone who is, are oh, you taking your vote? It's all right. Oh, good. It's hurting my head too a little bit. Really? Oh, you never yeah. seen that? No, no. Oh. This was this time. I have to the headache. All right. Will you put this at the um, dry cleaners? Of course. Um, Okay. Okay. So um, anyway, if if you haven't uh, ever uh, spoken to us about potentially our, our services working together, that type of thing, the way to do that is to click on that um, blue "Sign Me Up" button, and you're not you're not committing to doing anything. You are just booking a, a time to talk. But first, you fill out a little application, give us a little background, and then we'll meet on the um, on the phone. I'll, I'll call you, or someone will call you. And um, the whole deal is you can ask whatever questions you want. Um, I or my team will definitely have some questions for you. And if we think you're a good fit for one of our programs, we'll go through it. You can make a decision whether you want to be part of it or not. But if you know if we can't help, that happens a lot. Uh, we're the first to say, you know, don't waste your money too. So that that's that's the big uh, that's the big big offer right there. All right, so let me go into some of these questions. We, we've got some great questions. Cool. Um, Mike, great stuff. Let us know when and where we can watch the replay. Yeah, we're going to have that up um, for a couple of days, I think. Um, Diane, I want to understand why it isn't reasonable for transparency on admissions to be given. Well, it's, it's, um, it is, um, it's a black box. You know, it's, it's, um, and there's, there's, you know, there's litigation, you know, yeah. happening right now with the uh, Harvard uh, Asian American stuff and whatever. But I, th I think it's all going to be upheld. Uh, colleges are allowed to choose whom to admit and and, and, and whom they don't want to. So. Yeah, it's right. just, it's just, um, um, I think it's just the way it is. Sacred. Yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a better answer than that. Um, and Leslie said, yeah, rightfully, there's no perfect formula, right? And will colleges look for changes? Yeah, I think so. Change a little bit. Um, any mm -hmm. any thoughts sure. on Chama? Any thoughts on on Squire or Score? I can't. I never pronounce it right. Versus Naviance. Um, I, my understanding is uh, I don't use either one, but my understanding I understand why people are switching away from Naviance. We, we have a, our, you know, something privately available that we use. Um, I understand uh, one of the big problems that that um, Naviance has. In helping you predict whether you're getting in or not, is it looks only at kids from your high school. So if you go to a small high school, or you're applying to colleges that no one from your high school has really applied to, then it's not going to be that helpful. And I, I believe it's score S C O I R. How would you pronounce that? Squire, Swar, Score. Score sounds good. Yeah, just a different spelling. Yeah. Kind of like when a kid gets like a, 
I think, it's like ire, I think it's like choir, but sky. Yeah, it sounds that way. That's score, sky. Okay, squire, like or, or film noir. I'm not sure. Squire. Squire. Yeah, but there's no e. Hmm. <laughs> we'll have to get back to everyone. On that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. I, I I would want to know too if I were on this A webinar. Listener. Yeah. Um. So I I think I think it's better, but uh, I, I'm not that much of an expert on that one. Um. Let's see. Yeah, Leslie, to get married money, many schools, one score is right, but there are exceptions, like mm -hmm. I said before about the um, the athlete kid. Um, Jennifer, right. do schools typically super, so if you have questions, now's the time to lob them in because we're going to wrap up. Um, do schools typically um, super score the ACT? I would say it's typical, but many schools do. Uh, Leslie, doesn't the school report, school report card help decipher if grades are accurate? So each, so what Leslie's referring to is that each college uh, each, each high school has like a profile, which they mm -hmm. call a report card. Um, it helps, but there's ramp, but there's rampant grade inflation everywhere, so it, it only helps so much. Um, Diana, I predict. Oh, good prediction. The University of California will be test optional in year one, and it'll be implemented in three years or so, and this will create some strange ramifications. Yeah, I, I feel like the UCs have become more more of a meritocracy than they used to be, but um, what that's done is crowded out under privileged or underrepresented minorities, some, not the immigrant, Korean, Asian, that, that community, right? So that's always what in the back of my head, I'm thinking like, well, some, you know, poor uh, immigrant groups do well on this on the standardized yeah. test. Why don't the other ones do? So I'm not going to get into that. That's, that's definitely uh, out of my sweet spot. I'm an amateur on that <laughs> stuff. But, you know, Jewish families were once immigrants who studied really hard, and the you know the Koreans are the new Jews, or what, you know, there's all these like yeah. you know stories about that. So, I, yeah, I, I California's so loopy, anything could happen. Oops. Um, okay, <laughs> I hate the fake boards. We mean oops. Um, Virginia, which schools are hot, which are not? Well, okay, so um, I think we kind of talked about that indirectly, but that, that's we, we should can, talk yeah, about that. Yeah, we can talk about that. So you, you good. So so you fill out financial aid <clears throat> forms and you see where everyone's applying. Yeah. So talk about um, hot schools, and then if you can talk about some schools that have dropped off, mm -hmm. and then I'll talk sure. about the generous ones versus the non-generous ones. Okay. So I've definitely seen an uptick in some more southern schools. I've noticed like Alabama is pretty hot. Still. Still, because they're not giving as much money as they used to. University of Georgia's on a lot of kids' lists. Mm. Um, Bulldogs. Yep. Still, University of South Carolina and um, Bentley. Some of the business entrepreneur schools are hot. People are thinking towards the value and the responding to the trends, the business trends, and, and what the landscape looks like and what it's going to look like when their kids get out mm -hmm. and what skills they're going to need to have. Um, I've noticed... What about well, some of the usual suspects? I think a lot of them are still hot. Yes, same. The usual suspects that are hot have been hot are and continue to be hot. Penn State, University of Miami, Syracuse... Um, Julian. Michigan, Tulane, right. and more rigorous and and more difficult to get into. Like Tulane, yeah. is much more choosy. They they slam, you know, they're, they're like banging on the door of the Ivies in terms of its applicant pool. They they went. They're one of those schools like Northeastern. Yep. 
that like, went from having like a 30 something percent acceptance rate 10 ish years ago to like mm -hmm. 17 or, or yeah, 14 or something. Yes. They're edging up. Yeah. It's true. Syracuse, and of course, yeah, Northeastern continues to be for many reasons. One, because it's been on this upward trend for many years now and has established it. So, of course, because it has this special and arguably pioneer to responding to the needs of the workplace. It has this co-op program that is very special to it. Um, and Which I, many other schools have also. They have since. Well exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah. That continues to be very hot too. What about, um, uh, I don't know if I'm just getting more clients like this mm -hmm. in our own little weird part of the universe, but mm -hmm. what about um, schools out of the country? Definitely. Uh, oh. Yes, I definitely noticed there is, is an uptick on my list of schools, it's always, you know, the United States. And then there's schools that are in England and a lot in Canada and some in Ireland and really? Madrid. Yeah. Hmm. Now, I, I'm always kind of, um, when, I, when I hear about someone who's applying to these schools. Uh, of course, McGill. I, I, always, I mean, reasonable. I hear about it, I think it's interesting. You know, the price is usually better and mm -hmm. whatever. But how many of those actually end up going to those schools? I think it's very Few. little. Yeah. Feel. It's become yeah. this like romanticized idea. Oh yeah, yeah I want to go to school. I think it's part. I think it's part of the process of schools and and the application process. Frankly, of they become they are names on paper, names stickers you see occasionally on a review window or on a sweatshirt, and that's the beginning of it. And then it gets on your list, and it gets in your forms and your applications. And then when you start to get accepted and the reality of how near and far is it from my home and what are they offering when I'm there and the mechanics of it and the flying, am I going to be flying there and the feasibility of it, yeah. um, as opposed to honestly what people back into is, you know, I can go to a program here in the United States and of course do a semester or a year abroad. Mm -hmm. And that's typically what I've seen ends up happening in practice uh, that they don't ends up matriculating to these schools that are abroad. But sometimes uh, those same kids may, because they're exploring a lot of different things altogether, they may be the very kids that also decide to take a gap year altogether. That's rare. Yeah. I mean, at least in our... No, in but our I think it's just, you know, yeah. it's, just some, it's just somebody being a little more open-minded, I guess, yeah. about where. I'm always wondering, like, okay, so if you graduate from school somewhere else in, in a different country, then what? Like, what does that you, get you? See, yeah. well, yeah, I... You gotta look at the. You gotta look at the uh, the end goal and and reverse engineer from back from there. If you are, that's a great idea. I know, isn't it? If you're looking, you know, it depends. If you are going there and then hope to do something very locally in New York or locally in wherever or in a specific industry, and you're putting yourself kind of very remote to that, it's something to consider. On the other hand, if it's directly in pursuit of what you're looking to study and that leads you to the occupation of your pursuit and dreams, then that's another thing. All right, let's go through a couple more questions here, then we'll wrap her up. Um, uh, okay, what is considered a good SAT score today? That's all relative. It depends on the score, on the schools you're applying to. I would say an average SAT is slightly below 1,000, like a little bit below. And if you're applying to an IB, you know, 1,700 is really good, the extra credit. The hidden secret extra credit. It's normally sixteen hundred. No, it's, it's a perfect score. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's uh, it really depends. It's situational. That's the best answer I can give. Um, where is merit money plentiful from Pam? So, 
that is um, also a um, it depends question. Uh, it's it's not plentiful at the state schools for the most part, but they do give some. It has to do with where what your standing is compared to the rest of the class. So the schools that are most likely to give money are private colleges that have a harder time attracting um, where, where you're very desirable, and they're going to roll out the red carpet because they have a harder time attracting kids with your caliber of SAT and ACT scores and, and GPA, meaning specifically if you can figure out from last year's class what the average grades and average scores were, and you know how many kids they admitted, and you can say, okay, well, based on that, I'm in the top 10%, you're probably going to get a lot of money. Um, but the schools that are, are less likely to give money are the ones that they don't have it or the ones that you have to beg, borrow, and steal and, and scratch and claw your way to get into. Um, I've also noticed anecdotally some schools that used to be a little bit more generous, not as generous anymore. Um, I've noticed, um, I think Marist used to be a lot more generous. Definitely, but it's also gotten hotter. Yep. Again, sorry, yep. but it mentioned that one. Um, Always. I also, at that point, I said this before, Alabama used to give it a lot more money, but then I think they got what they were looking for, and now they are a lot less generous. Mm, maybe stingy. now that they have more applicants, they can afford to be a little more choosy. Yeah. Um, they also have a much greater proportion of out-of-state compared to in-state. Right. As opposed to, like, University of North Carolina, which takes 17% from out-of-state and 83 from in-state. Mm -hmm. um, what else? I think... Um, uh, Elon also used to be a lot more generous and, and no yeah. longer is now, as generous. They're all knowing their worth as they class themselves up. Yeah, their the value to the marketplace that they've created. Um, I think schools like High Point are, are, are continuing to be very generous. They're a lot easier to get into, but I, I look at High Point as an A school for B students. I, I actually think it's a great school. So if you're not gunning for you know the super elite schools, but you have a you know, business-minded kid, I think that's a good pick also. Um, just to round out the North Carolina, uh, some of the North Carolina schools there. Um, uh, Marina, love you guys. Thank you. Uh, love you too, um, I guess. Um, it feels awkward. When, when are you going to have a webinar for international students? Uh, I guess we could think about that. What languages would you want to um, speak in? Well, Spanish was always my best subject. Okay. And I'm great at Sanskrit, so um, we'll, we'll come up with something. No, I, I um, I don't know. If it's, I don't know if the uh, I guess, I guess it is different. I mean, we we do have a handful of international students every every time. Um, there's more similarities than differences, meaning I'd say it's about ninety ninety ish percent the same. But um, you know, when you're talking about like financial aid stuff, yeah. there there are you were just doing some forms oh, for a client of ours in, uh, in <clears throat> Estonia, right? Yep. Yeah. Yes. And um, there's a lot of schools that don't give money for international students, but there are plenty of schools that do. Yes, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So. Uh, and they go deep. Yeah. So that's. Every last, last box routine. of cereal you buy. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, Lisa, can you name a few schools that have a similar co-op program to Northeastern? Yeah, I could, but I want to. <laughs> uh, Drexel. I'll just, that's, that's one that pops up. Uh, Meg, is Alabama respected for computer engineering? Yeah. So, so in, in terms of. Um, yeah, these specific questions. This is not the, the time to, to do that, uh, but but um, just general general questions, you know, are, are good. Um, but if you do want to talk to us one on one and you're you know potentially interested in um, working with us, what I'll say is um, 
I am getting ready to close out the um, 2021 kids that I work on. I, I cap the number of kids that I uh, specifically um, help with college advisory services um, at 24 per year. And I think I'm at 20. So I'm gonna put a deposit down. They didn't actually uh, come up with the whole thing. So, uh, but we, all, we also have a couple of uh, junior associates who work with us. And um, in terms of, if you're interested in getting help with the paying aspect of it, you know, Pearl had a, uh, a crazy year, you were swamped. And um, I, you know, I I say half kiddingly, maybe we shouldn't even offer that service anymore because it was almost not worth it. But um, if you are interested in any of this stuff, get to us sooner rather than later before we, um, you know, we kind of pull the plug on taking on new clients. Uh, we have hired a few people to help that we will be supervising, but not working with us one-on-one. -on -one. And like I said, if you if you want to talk to us, you, you fill out a quick application just by clicking on that blue button, and then they'll walk you through the information that we would need to make the call more productive, and then we can, you know, we can book a time on, on my calendar, and, um, and we'll talk. And then this, you know, that's it. There's no, there's no pressure or anything. All right, last question. Well, it's a comment from Rena. She said she's okay if we do it in English. Good for international students. Um, what I told tell my kids, this is Leslie, acceptance to your reach schools, the Ivy and Ivy Lake schools, admittance is considered a gift. There will be little to no money. Uh, you'll ha you have to not develop an attitude. Schools that warn you they have students, what? they have what? standards. Oh, sorry. They have standards that are below who, below who you are are generous. Then you play the offers against each other. Worse for my oldest, she goes gratis. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really, there's no real correlation between where you go to school and how successful you are. And that's, that's for sure. Iffy at best. So that's, that's really coming full circle to what you said in the beginning. The variable is the kid. Yeah. What you put into it. Yeah. User error or not. <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's a wrap. That was good. That was about an hour. Yeah. That was almost on the dot. Which I predicted also. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Yes. Um, thanks for listening, taking time out of whatever else you were doing. <laughs> sure, you had other stuff to do than watch a couple of uh, people in goofy costumes. But we love doing this. You know, this is, um, to me, this is like the best thing. This is, you know, I'd rather, there's no place I'd rather be um, than doing this, speaking for you. Same. Good. I love it. Yeah, we love this. So I'm going to be awesome. forcing Pearl to do more of this. This. Um, since I caught you on camera saying that you like doing it. I do. Okay, good. And uh, everyone, have a great night. Uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great year, everybody. And, and we'll talk to you soon. Hi, this is Andy Lockwood. Don't forget to visit our website, lockwoodcollegeprep.com, for some more free, valuable information on how you can multiply your chances of admission to your dream colleges and qualify for thousands or tens of thousands of dollars of fat, juicy scholarships along the way. Visit LockwoodCollegePrep.com for information on our free upcoming workshops and webinars and to download a copy of our number one best-selling book, How to Pay Wholesale for College. That's LockwoodCollegePrep.com. Bye-bye.